you here today. Thanks for joining us. We're talking today for the next couple of weeks about um, how do you seek God's wisdom in your life. I'm really enjoying this series. It's, I, one of the advantages of being a pastor is you get a chance to study this stuff all week. And I'm really enjoying what we're learning about how to understand God's wisdom. And we're going to be looking a lot in Psalms and Proverbs especially for this series. So maybe get your Bible out. We'd appreciate that. We're going to be having um, worship with our band. We have Mike and Matt Hansen and Patty Schultz today. And uh, we're also going to have, I think, Fresh Bread by Matt later on. And then I'll be doing the message later on. So it's good to have you here. Let's open with a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Even though it's cold, we're going to be uh, warm inside because we're with you, Lord, and we're learning from you, and we're spending time with your people. We're singing your praises. We're grateful to be together as the body of Christ. So, Lord, bless all the churches around the world today that are worshiping you and lifting up Jesus Christ. And just thank you for being our special guest in our service here at Northridge Community Church in Rockford. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. While very cold outside, it is a beautiful morning to sing some praises to Jesus, so...
all your heavens. Let the praise go up as the walls come down. All creation, everything with breath, repeat the sound. All his children, clean hands, pure hearts, good grace, good God. His name is Jesus. Sing that again. Swing wide, all you heavens. Let the praise go up as the walls come down. All creation, everything with breath, repeat the sound. All his children. Clean and pure hearts, good grace, good God. His name is Jesus. Jesus, He's our redemption and our salvation. Is in His blood. Jesus, the light of heaven, friend forever. His kingdom come. All right, good song. Let's start the service. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. Only there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder Show me who you are And fill me with your heart And lead me in your love To those around me Jesus, the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you, Lord. Only there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in water and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Only there is no one like you, there is none beside you. You open up 
wonder Show me who you are And fill me with your heart And lead me in your love To those around me Now life upon your love it is a firm foundation and I will put my trust in you alone and I will not be shaken and I will build my life upon your love foundation and I will put my trust in you alone and I will not be shaken holy there is no one like you there is none beside you you open my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Only there is no one like you, there is none beside you. You open my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me. With your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Song. Good song. Last time we played this song, I broke a string, so I was a little leery. My guitar's in the closet. Believe. 
even when my eyes can't see And this mountain that's in front of me Will be thrown into the midst of the sea Through it all, through it all My eyes are on you Through it all trust in him the waves and wind still know his name to let go my soul and trust in him the waves and wind still know his name the waves and wind still know his name
Lord Jesus, we just thank you for being with us through, through everything that we go through, Lord, through all of our storms, through all of the tribulations. Um, none of us here have had hard lives, Lord. You said in this world we would have trouble. We just thank you for being with us. And help us to praise you and worship you and learn about you today. And pray this in all Christ. have a small pizza party after this. Yeah. All, all my Ninja Turtle dreams are coming through, coming true today. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you want to stay after, we'll have pizzas coming. We should be here uh, right when church is over, so they'll be fun to hang out and just talk to each other um, and have have a little time where we can where we can just um, talk as friends. We'll have some salad too and some uh, desserts too have salads and some desserts too cool and the church word for that is fellowship that's right so <laughs> right. so we got that um we have over there we have new newsletters they're in green leah's holding one up that's the color you want uh for some reason we keep the, all the old ones too so don't grab the orange or the blue get the green and um we have daily breads we have uh daily bread is a devotional if you'd like one Please grab one of those. We have Christian books around the side. Um, if you have any Christian books you would like to um, add to our library for so people can take them and and learn, please bring them in. I probably have more books I need to bring in because, you know, you read a book and you're like, that's really good. I should hold on to that forever, and you never read it again. So we're kind of what's the point of that? But um, You might have a duplicate, duplicate book, too. You might have a duplicate. You might have something that just... You know, you're not going to read it again, right. so just bring it in. Um, it might help somebody else. But if you want to keep it for your collection, I'm not trying to shame you. You can do that, too. Um, so that is it as far as announcements. We do have uh, we have prayer here on Wednesday nights. Mm -hmm. What time? From 530 to 630, Ann and I are praying, and we have a little devotion beforehand. So if you want to join us, we'd love to have you here. Yeah, every, that'd be, every, that'd one, be, every Wednesday night. 530 to 630, that'd be great if uh, prayer could be a bigger part of, of our church. Um, I think um, prayer is the engine which drives our church, is God-given power to us, and also um, help us stay focused on the unreached people, people outside of here that need to be reached. And so yeah. that's a focus that we'd like to, to kind of see renewed. So Also the men's thing on the first Saturday of the month. Starting this next for, on, on first of February. Why don't you talk about that more when you come? So, up? Yeah, okay, I will. I will. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> Jeff right now is talking about um, wisdom. Jeff is also my dad. <laughs> and um, and wisdom is is something in churches. A lot of times we um, tend to we we can tend to over spiritualize things. Some people don't over. Some people under spiritualize things. That's a thing too, um, where you know the spirit of God is not part of your daily routine. But that's not what we're talking about today. Talk. Sometimes people under spiritualize or, or over spiritualize things, and and they want a word from God. You know, there's a there's an old story where um, in this big flood, this guy was trapped on top of his roof, and he was praying, "God, please send me." Um, Please send me help. Please help me. I'm gonna I'm gonna die up here alone. And 
he was uh, he was praying, and, and a guy in a rowboat came by, and he said, he said, hey, get in my boat. You can come with me. And the guy said, no, I, I prayed, and God's going God's to gonna help me. And the guy goes, okay. So he goes away, and then a guy in a, in a fishing boat comes up, and he goes, hey, jump in the boat. And the guy goes, no, I prayed, and God's going to save me. And the guy goes, okay. And, and then another person comes by in a different boat and says, hey, jump in. I'll bring you to safety. And he goes, no, I prayed. God's going to save me. And he ends up dying. And he gets to heaven and he's talking to God. And he goes, God, I pray that you would save me. You didn't save me. And God's like, I sent you three boats. <laughs> so sometimes we're so spiritually minded, we can't see the practical in front of us. And, um, and there's a, a verse in Proverbs. We're going to be talking about Proverbs. Um, actually, no. Sorry. I'm thinking about something else. In James 1, 5, uh, James writes, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all who, without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So it's a promise. That's a promise that if you ask for wisdom, God will give it to you. So where do you find it? Where do you find it? God delivers it in a bunch of different ways. It might be through another Christian. It might be through his word. There are the wisdom books in the Bible that start with Job and go through Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs. Song of Songs being the most erotic of the <laughs> bunch. And you can get a lot of practical wisdom in the Bible. There's a lot of practical wisdom. But we just have to take it, and we have to apply it to our lives. Um, I've told the story before, but I'll briefly tell it again about how when I was, after college, I was, I was uh, living in a house with a bunch of guys. We were roommates. And one guy had a girlfriend, and things weren't going well. They were fighting all the time. You could always hear them screaming at each other. And we had a meeting, and a roommate meeting, and he came and with his girlfriend. He says, you know, I know you guys probably can tell that things haven't been going too well with us. We're like, yeah. <laughs> you guys are screaming at each other all the time, crying, all this stuff. And he's like, we want to ask you guys to pray that the Lord would give you something to tell us for our relationship, what we need to do. And I'm like, bro, you can just need to break up. I'm like, it's very obvious. And and he's like, well, I don't want your words. I want a word from God. So if God speaks to you, and then I started, so I, I just, I gave him a bunch of Bible verses and things like that, practical wisdom. And he goes, no, I don't want wisdom. I want a word from God. And I'm like, that's just foolish, you know? I mean, he was just, he just wanted his relationship to work, and it wasn't going to work. And they weren't married, so I think the point of dating is find what works and what doesn't work, and then, yeah, move on. But anyway, my point is, is that God gives us wisdom. This thing right here is not just a hat rack. It's <laughs> not just for holding hats. We need to use our brain. God gives it to us, and God gives us wisdom. So... Um, that's just my little That's preamble good. into the sermon. That's good. Some thoughts I had. Um, but we look forward to, I, I mean, <coughs> last thing I'll say is there's a, there's a fountain of wisdom over here. A lot of these guys here, um, whether, it's whether it's younger than you or older than you, there's people that have gone through some really, really um, interesting things and have gathered wisdom. So we have each other. And I think that's really cool. So, um, Jeff, we're going to give it over to you and hear what you have to say. Okay, very good. 
Yeah, the verse you used, Matt, is going to be one of the key verses today in James 1. Uh, I think my mics are on. Let me double check. I, it sounds like they're on. Yeah, it's green. I'm going to move this out of the way. Okay. So um, I'm going to kind of go through the things we went through last week, a uh, kind of review, quick review of those. And then we're going to add a lot more on. I'm going to be doing, I probably have three sermons here that I've worked on. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm not going to rush through it. But, sorry. Oh, oh, sorry. What the men's group? We decided, I've been thinking about this for a long, long time. I was talking to Patty, who we meet about every two weeks because he's on a staff with us. And uh, decided we're going to try on the first Saturday of the month, which is the third, I believe, of February. We're going to meet here at church from 7.30 to 9 with the guys. And if you want to come, we'd love to have you come. It's really a time, a couple things. First of all, we, there's a book called uh, an auto, uh, The uh, Autopsy of a Deceased Church. It talks about what happens when a church is not growing, when it's actually dying. And we want to see how we can make our church more effective, more outreach-oriented. And so we're going to talk about how we can be more effective as a church to reach out to our, our community. And also, we're going to talk about how to be better husbands and how to be better fathers as well. So it's going to be a lot of different things going on. But it's just from 7 to 9, 7.30 to 9, so that way you can get home and maybe still have breakfast with your family afterwards. And I'll probably have uh, some bagels or something like that or donuts and some coffee here. So if you want to come, we'd love to have you come. Uh, it's just the first Saturday of the month, which I believe in this case is February 3rd. So if you want to, is that correct? Can anybody check that? I believe that's the right one. Um, so um, we'll see you there for that. Also, don't forget, next Saturday, right, Ann, is the, the 27th, is going to be our time down at the bus stop. This going to be a cold one, although it's going to get a little warmer this weekend. But we're going to be meeting at the bus stop on Mulberry and Court Street, um, right across from where the, the main bus terminal is. And we're going to be giving out clothes and food and snacks and hygiene packs and blankets so if you, we got a lot of things last week, by the way. So thank you for those that gave things. If you have any warm coats or gloves or stocking caps, boots, uh, blankets, things like that, or just if you want to bring in some canned goods or something like that, we're going to be doing that next week. And if you want to come, we'd love to have some of you come. Patty, Patty's come before, and I'd love to have a couple of you and more of you come and be a part of this. There are probably 150 to 200 people that gather there, and they very, very nice. What's that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, all ages can come and be a part of this. These people are very appreciative. A lot are homeless, and a lot are underserved, you might say. We, they might have a home, but they might not have more than heat. They might not have any food. So we give out food packs as well. They can have, if they have a, a home with a refrigerator or, if, or a stove, they have things like that too. So please come and be a part of this. That's next. Now, here's the deal. Mary Jo Schaefer and her husband... Um, I'm blanking out his name for some reason. Jim, I think it's Steve. That's not right either. Anyway, they're a really nice couple. They live over off of uh, uh, Spring Brook Road. We go to their house usually first and pray. We get there about 10.30, 10.45 and pray. And then we go, to, we got, go downtown at about 11.45. And then we get there at, at noon, set up. And from noon to 1.30, we serve the people. And they really appreciate it. And uh, so they know we're going to be coming. And they might, might invite new friends. But it's a way to reach out to people in our community that have a real need. They really do. 
And uh, if you want, by the way, if you want to buy a blanket or bring an old nice kind of a thick blanket or something like that, that'd be good because some of these people are living under bridges. Some, are, some have a whole community on, on, by the Morgan Street Bridge. Matter of fact, they're so big they actually have a mayor. And I'm not joking, they have a mayor of their homeless community by the Morgan Street Bridge on the, on the west side. So uh, there's, I'd say, I'm guesstimating, I don't know if you know this, Dan, but I would guesstimate we have close to 5,000 homeless people in Rockford that are living here in different, different locations, and they really do need help. So that's the opportunity we have to reach out to our community. Okay? We have an actual tangible thing we can do. All right, so um, talking about, we're talking about um, how to seek out God. How do you find God's way and God's word? And there's, as, as Matt said, really well done, Matt, there's a, there's a lot of ways we can do that. So um, let's look over to Psalm 1 just for a second. Psalm chapter 1, okay, for our first verse. We did this last week as well. So um, I, want, I want to read this to you. The NIV, the New International Version, yeah, okay. And uh, it's, it, I think I told you last week, it's interesting, Psalm 1 and Proverbs 1 both talk about wisdom. I thought that was interesting. Uh, the, there's symmetry in the Bible. There's a lot of symmetry in the Bible, okay. Like John 3.16 and 1 John 3.16 are very similar. Think about that. They're written different times and everything like that. And yet they're, they're almost similar. And then no one knew in that time how they're going to divide up the Bible. But John 3.16 and 1 John 3.16 are very similar. So that's kind of interesting. So let me, let me read this to you. Uh, it says, Blessed is the one, this is Psalm 1.1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the steps of the wicked, or stand in the way of the sinners, or sit in the company of the mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, in other words, the word of God, and who meditates on it, the law day and night. That person will, is like a tree planted in streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Then it goes on to the last verse, verse 6. For the Lord watches over the ways of the righteous, but the ways of the wicked lead to destruction. Now, here's the problem. The main problem with seeking out wisdom is a lot of people don't want to do it, even Christians. Some people don't want to seek out wisdom. Why do you think that is? Why would somebody not want to seek out wisdom from God? Don? Don? So they they want to be they don't want to be accountable to God, right? Clyde? Uh, the light of wisdom uh, exposes their darkness. That's true, that's right. The word of God it says in I think Hebrews four twelve the word of God pierces to the bone and the marrow. In other words, it, it exposes your sin, and some people don't want to know if they're doing the wrong thing. They'd rather do the wrong thing and do it their way than to do it God's way and do it the right way. It's hard to understand. It's kind of like we go on a vacation and I get lost, and I've gotten lost a few times, and I says, well, ask somebody. You know, I know I can figure this out, you know. And then finally, now we have GPS, of course. It's easier to find the right place. But I would finally, after going around in circles for about 10, 15 minutes, I'd finally ask somebody, say, oh, yeah, it's right over here. See, and she'll give me that stink eye. I don't even want to look at her because she's like, I told you, you know. I didn't want to because I thought I could do it myself. You know? All right. So, a couple things here. 
Um, I, I'm going to go back to what we talked about before. Oh, let's go to um, Proverbs 1. Proverbs 1, as I mentioned, there's symmetry in both Proverbs and Psalms um, are, are saying pretty much the same thing. Uh, it says this in Proverbs 1, verses 7 through 9. Okay? It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, you might say, well, what is knowledge and what is wisdom? Sometimes the Bible, in this case, uses them interchangeably. In most cases, though, uh, I would say knowledge and wisdom are different. Knowledge is knowing information. Wisdom is knowing God's perspective on the information. So knowledge is, a lot of people are really smart, really smart people, but they still do really dumb things because they don't apply it the way God wants them to apply it. Mike? It's like the, the heart behind the information. Right. Because you, information is one thing, but now what do you, how do you do it, use it in the proper way? Yeah. Right? Exactly. That's, that's a good way to put it. All right? So then it goes on to say this. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Now, Matt says something interesting at the end. He said, there's a lot of collective knowledge here. We're going to talk more about this in a few minutes here. You know, why not learn the knowledge of older people? I really like talking to older people. I always have. Because they're, they've had a lot of chances. In a lot, in a lot of cases, they'll tell you, hey, I've made, it, I've made a lot of mistakes. So why don't you learn from my mistakes and don't do the same thing? They'll tell you what they've learned in life. And sometimes you've got to learn it over and over and over again to get it. In other words, you might make the same mistake numerous times, and then you realize, well, I've got to do something different. I'm not doing the right thing. Okay, finances is one thing. I mean, uh, one of the dumbest things I've ever done, I mean, uh, financially, was we went up to Minnesota, we saved about $3,000 for Bethel Seminary. And the first day there, I went to Schmidt's Piano downtown Minneapolis and bought a $2,000 piano. I wrote a check to him. And I got home and think, what am I thinking? How stupid. I just got through two-thirds of the money I saved for Bethel Seminary. I spent on a piano. So I didn't know that Minnesota was the first state that had a law. The three, it's called the Lemon Law. And you got at least three, I think it's seven days to take something back. No questions asked. As long as you have a receipt. So I called the guy and said, you know what, I can't buy that piano. He goes, what? what's wrong? I said, I can't afford it. I said, I, I don't have much money and I, I overspent. And he goes, well, I have no choice. I have to give you your money back. So he sent me the check back in an open, a white envelope. You can see the $2,000 check inside of it. You know, he was just so mad at me that he lost his commission. But my point is I realized that was foolish. I can't spend that kind of money on something like that when I... That's our, that's our money for, for, for college, for, for seminary. So anyway, so here's some things here I talked about last time. Why is it so important today, today to discover God, uh, God's wisdom? Number one, because we live in a wild and evil world. We live in a world that's really strange and dangerous. We need to know, I mean, I think about places where I park. I, I, I very, I'm not, maybe I'm a little paranoid. But I always try to park so I have a way to get away. I mean, just in case something happened. In some case, somebody blocked me off or tried to block me off or something like that. I think about those kind of things. 
I mean, I'm, I'm not a fearful person, but I also try to be wise and don't put myself in a dangerous situation. You know, if I went to Chicago now and went to Navy Pier, and I already, already decided I won't park on the streets anymore in Chicago, I'll, I'll pay the extra 15 bucks and park at Navy Pier. If I'm going to go to Navy Pier, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually pay the extra. I used to drive around and try to find a parking space, but it was a lot, of, a lot more dangerous than it used to be. So you, gotta, you just got to use wisdom, okay? Think about what you're doing, okay? So it's, the Bible says, uh, look at, I'm going to look at Ephesians 6. I'm oh, sorry, Ephesians 5. Okay, listen to what it says here in Ephesians 5. This is a very pa good passage, by the way. It says, um, be very careful. Be very careful then how you live. This is verse 15. Be very careful then how you live. Not as the unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. This was written 2,000 years ago. They were evil then, they're even more evil now, I would say. You know? Evil. Now, what does that mean by evil? When I say the word evil, what, do you, what does that imply when I say the days are evil? When the Bible says the days are evil. John? Right. Imagine C.J. Stroud is a strong Christian. The guy that played for the, the Houston Texans, they won that last week. They won a game that no one thought they were going to win. I can't remember who it was about, who against, but they won a game. And C.J. Stroud is a strong Christian, and he gave a real said, I, "I give all the glory to Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior." And NBC cut him off, and and that people were really mad about it because they cut him off when he was giving a, a testimony to the Lord. And they got a lot of flack for cutting him off because the people said, we want to hear what he has to say. If he wants to give glory to God, let him give glory to God. But they, it, wasn't, it wasn't part of the narrative that they wanted to present on that station, okay? Because they've got, they got more and more liberal. So um, the point is, is we need to be aware of the world we live in. I'm not saying there's not, they're not all bad people. There's a lot of good people. But, the, but there's, we need to realize that where we live in, the situation we're in, and, and we need to be respectful of that situation, but also be careful of the situation we put ourselves in, okay? Um, number two, uh, it is vitally important to choose the right path to travel on, which leads to life, not destruction. How do you know the right way to go in life? How, well, the, the, way to know, the way to know how to go in life is God's Word. God's Word gives you instruction on how you should live. Look at, look at 2 Timothy 3, way back in the back. 2 Timothy 3, what it says, Paul says this uh, to Timothy, okay, because he, he's a young pastor, and Paul is telling him, I'm trying to get there, Paul is telling him how he should live. 2 Timothy, <laughs> I'm almost there, 3, verses uh, 16 and 17. It says, Paul says, All Scripture, capital S, is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be able to, uh, thoroughly, is thoroughly equipped for every good work. In other words, God's word can apply to, I, I can probably give you any topic, well, relatively so. I know, I'm not that astute on God's word, but I know a lot about God's word. That, that usually you'll find scripture that will reflect Talk about your life and how do, you, how do you live the right way. Okay, like for instance, Matt's friends 
you know, that we're fighting. And they said, we don't want God's word. Well, uh, well, you're living together and you're not married. That's not what God wants you to do. That's the first thing you're doing. You're not living in the way that's biblical. That's the first step that you need to change. If you want to be together, then you should get married or you should break up or you have a different place to live. You know, that, that'd be one thing you could do from God's word. God's word talks, is clear about that. All right. So the, the, so the find the right path. Number three, there are many benefits to understanding God's wisdom. There's all kinds of benefits to understanding God's wisdom. Number one, uh, understanding words of insight from God. Can anybody think of a word of insight from God? Now, um, we'll talk more about that in a second here because I'm going to talk about different ways we can find God's uh, find wisdom. Number two, attaining wisdom discipline, and discernment in order to do the right thing, the just and fair thing to do. All of us have been tempted at times to cheat a little bit. All of us maybe take a little, do something that's maybe not right, but no one's ever going to know, except for God, except for the one you're going to stand before when you, when you die. We're all going to stand before God for what we've done, good and bad, fine. Exactly, exactly. Why not shoot, listen to a, uh, an infinite God who loves you, who loves you and wants you to have the best life possible? You might think, well, why did God say that? That I can't have fun in the, if you, I live the way God wants me to. No, really, it's the opposite. If you do, live the way God wants you to, you're going to have more fun. You're going to have more fun. You're going to have more, your life is going to be more uh, worthwhile and, and help other people more. If you listen to what God wants you to do, He wants God wants the best. It's like a parent, you know. You have your children. You say, "Don't go in the street," and you know why? Because it's dangerous out there. Even on a little, I, I live on not a cul-de-sac, but it's a road that's not traveled a lot. But still, sometimes you know these UPS trucks and the the uh, uh, Prime, what's it called, Amazon Prime trucks are whipping through there real fast right now in our neighborhood. It's dangerous to have a kid out there. Obviously, you let your kid know, don't go out in the street. Is that because you're trying to make their, be too restrictive? No, because you love them. You don't want them to die. I knew a guy that had a three-year-old son, and his son went out in the street, and he got killed. And it was over by uh, 20th and Broadway. The dad never got over it. I mean, I mean, he lived on with his life, but I mean, he always suffered the guilt of letting his, not watching his son in the backyard. He went out in the street and got killed. God gives us rules, parameters to live by because that'll help us to live a better life. It's not because he hates us or he's mean to us, because he loves us, just like a parent loves their child. All right? Another benefit is this. We gain understanding and exhibit direction by the example of, uh, that we can give to uh, younger people. Okay? The people I've listened to a lot, when I came back to Rockford, I've told you this before, came back to Rockford, I talked to over 40 people. This was a big decision, leaving Chicago as a senior pastor, coming back to Rockford to be an assistant pastor again. Um, but I thought, man, you know, I'm, I'd hate to give up preaching. But it was the right thing to do. The best move of our life as a couple was coming back to Rockford in 1996. Because the kids, it was right for their school. Matt was going to start high school. 
Katie was basically starting junior high, middle school. Mike was starting first grade. It was a perfect time to come back for our family. Maybe not for me. Maybe not the perfect job for me. But you've got to look at the whole picture. It was the right time to come back. It was, and our parents were having health issues at the time. It was the right thing to do. So you've got to look at the whole picture. All right? And then finally, number, number, number four says, understand the importance of acquiring God's wisdom that will ground you emotionally and spiritually. Knowing God's wisdom in your life, when you know your parameters in life, when you have a plan, like right now Mike's on a plan right now. Connor's on a plan right now. I mean, in a way, there's structure there, right? I mean, you knew you, got, you, know, you have classes, you have three, usually three or four classes a semester. You've got to really buckle down. You've got to really focus. You've got to take one or two days a week to study. You've got to take these quizzes and these tests. You've got to write papers. Plus, you've got a part-time job on top of that, and you've got a family to take care of. But at least you know where you're at. Your plan is, you know where your plan is, and there's some comfort in at least knowing you're on a plan. You're on a track to do the right thing. Don? Yeah. And that means when you do something you shouldn't do, and you get thrown across the room. Yeah. Uh, I've had that experience. I have too. Uh, but if you're grounded, you don't. It doesn't kill you. It, it may. It may teach you a lesson. It may help you not do something wrong again. Yeah. But if you're grounded, you won't have a problem with. Uh, you may have a problem, but you still. You still be able to function and go on. Yeah. God will give you a backup. He'll protect you, won't he? Yeah. That's right. Exactly. Clyde. <coughs> And yet you've maintained a relationship with a lot of those kids, haven't you? Yes. you? You've seen them now as adults coming back, and they respect you, don't they? Because yes. they realized, you know, you had to have that structure. That structure also gives safety. Yeah, but when you have structure, it also gives you protection when you, have, when you live within the right boundaries. I've always said if you're going to find structure, you're going to find boundaries. And a prisoner, when they break the law, they find boundaries. That's about a 12 by 10 cell. They finally have boundaries at that point in their life because they didn't follow the boundaries before. All right. The next thing is this. Uh, we need to listen. We need to first, what does it mean to fear the Lord? We need to fear the Lord. When you fear the Lord, you acquire God's, God's knowledge. You respect and in fear the awesome power of God. The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. How do, what does it mean to fear God to you? What does it mean to have the fear, the fear of God? Mike. I think to have that ultimate trust and respect, knowing that he's sovereign. You know. Yeah. So it's not a fear like I'm afraid of him, like I can't talk to him, but it, it, there is that, you know, this fact is he could snuff us out any time. Well, it's the same as like if you fear your parents, you know, and you know that they love you, there's that parameter that you build. When you go against them, you're going to get in trouble, and then you're scared of them at that point, but ultimately, Yeah. Yeah. So it's a fear is really respect, isn't it? Yeah. It's respect for what they can do, Clyde. Um, like within 
army, if you uh, fear your enemy, you will consider your options before you just charge forward. Uh, exactly. Yeah. We need, we need to respect everybody, but we need to really fear the Lord and have an, the ultimate respect for the Lord. Okay? Number, the next thing is this. We need to listen um, and respect our parents. The Bible talks about respecting your parents. Find value, the thing they've learned from. I listen, I think back to my parents, and I think about things uh, that they've said and how I've g learned from those things. You know, you, you might hear it over and over again. I mean, I'm the kind of guy, my youth group even will laugh at me sometimes because they, I've said the same thing seven times, and they said, no, no, say it again. We want to hear it again, Jeff, you know. And I didn't realize I've said it that many times. But repetition, you know, you hear these stories over and over again, and there's something to learn from those stories your parents give you. We need to choose the right friends in your life. You ever had a bad friend in your life? You ever had somebody that kind of like that, you know, that little devil on your shoulder telling you to do the wrong thing? How, does it, how do you get out of that situation? When someone in your life is giving you bad information, what do you do with that? Are you willing to say, you know what? I can't be with you. I like you, but you know, we, we're not on the same track, and I, I want to do it with that right, and right now you keep on giving me the wrong information. And you might have to give up a friend. I've had to give up friends because they were living, going the wrong way. I had people I thought I respected, but I heard out what they did that was wrong. I had to get away from them. I, I totally walked away from certain friendships because they were not good people. They're not the people, your, your friends will make you or break you. And these friends would have, breaking, would have broken me if I stayed with them, okay? The next thing is this. Um, a life of purpose is a life of God. Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. That's, math, that's um, Matthew 6.33 in the, in the uh, Beatitudes. Jesus said, seek God's, seek God's kingdom. Ask yourself, am I seeking God's kingdom? You know what? You know what, if, if, if right now, I thought about this yesterday, if right now you won the lottery, I've never played the lottery, I've never had a scratch off before, but let's say you, you won $5 million in the lottery, do you think you'd change? I'd be where it's a lot warmer. <laughs> you'd be where it's a lot warmer? You know what, you would change. You would change. Because I've seen things like that happen, maybe not million dollar lottery but when you when you come upon like a lot of money and a lot of success it does change you it changes the way you think it changes the way you look at other people and you start thinking you're better than you really are it's a really dangerous thing to have success and it's, it's you know I was thinking of Shaq Shaquille O'Neal Shaq I gotta tell you a story I went to the um, What's the name of this place downtown Chicago? Nike Town. When it first opened on Michigan Avenue, I went to Nike Town. And I saw this shoe, and I'm not exaggerating, the shoe was this big. And it went up like this. And I thought, that is ridiculous. Why would they make a shoe that big? And I said to the, one of the people, I said, well, what is this? They said, that's Shaq O'Neal's shoe. I said, no. There's no way that's it. He said, no, that is literally his, the shoe he wears. The shoe was this big, and it went up like this. He's, it's like a size 24 shoe. The guy is so massive. He was like 7 foot 1 and like 300 pounds, and he's slamming the ball. He would shatter. The, remember that he'd shatter the backboards? 
But you know what? He said, you know, I realized I can be cocky because of all my money, but I've seen it ruin people. And he said, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be just a nice guy. He does all the commercials for like Office Depot and stuff like that. He's on so many commercials for insurance companies, car insurance and things like that. You know why? Because he's really a likable guy. He said, I'm not going to let fame and fortune ruin me. I want to be a nice guy. And he really is a nice guy. He's very generous with people. And he doesn't let his fame and his fortune ruin him. Some have done that. You've, so are other sports figures that have done that. But he doesn't let that happen. Because he says, I just want to be a guy. I'm very fortunate. I'm very blessed. But I want to still be a nice guy. You, know? you have to really fight your success sometimes. Okay. So the, th the key thing is, Seeking God's, uh, seek his first, uh, it says, live to glorify God. And whatever you live, whatever you, this is um, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Do it all to the glory of God. Why should you do it to the glory of God? Because without God, you have no talent. Whatever, we, whatever you ever have, you, you might have a good voice. You might have, be good with money. You might be a good athlete. Everything you have in life, you might have a certain skill. Everything you have came from God. There's nothing you have that didn't come from God. He deserves praise for everything you have. You need to, you need to make sure you always give Him the glory for whatever you have because it came from God. All right? Now I'm going to move to one more thing here. Um, I'm going to close with this right now. Um, we have five ways to receive wisdom from God. There's five ways to receive wisdom. Sometimes you just have knowledge. Some, something, are, you, are you naturally good at something? Uh, is there something that you have that's just like, are you, maybe you're musical. You have an ability. We went and saw Mark and Terry Reed over at Benson Stone. And Mark, he played, he played a saxophone. Uh, he, you know, he, was, and he, he, he played that in high school, I guess, when he was going to school there at, in the uh, Lake Geneva area. Um, of course, he played guitar. Um, Carrie plays keyboards. They, they just have the kids were playing up there with them. They had multi-talented, very talented family musically. Okay? But what, what is it? Maybe you have a, a, a money. You know money. You, you know how to figure out, uh, figure out with math. Now, math's not my strong suit. Science was certainly not my strong suit. But what are you good at? What, what is an area that God has blessed you with? You know, maybe counseling. Maybe you have wisdom. Maybe you have God's wisdom. Maybe you can hear a problem someone has, and you can almost think of a scripture verse that goes with that problem. You can help them out with that. Okay? So that's, that's knowledge you have, that you, it's natural knowledge that God has given you. He's given you that wisdom. But that's not always the case. That's not always the case. The second way is um, imparted wisdom. Imparted wisdom comes from God. God imparts it. Like Matt, go back to James. Matt talked about this earlier, and this is one of the key verses I had um, that he took. No, <laughs> we all have the, the same Bible. Um, listen to what it says. It seems crazy. This is one of those verses that, did, did God really mean to say that? James, James 1 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. If any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God 
who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So, do you, do you praise God when something bad happens to you? It's not a natural thing to do. Your car won't start. You've got a flat tire. Your job's in jeopardy. There's a health issue in your life or maybe one of your loved one's life. It's hard to praise God in those situations. But what does God, what does God do in those situations? How, how can you praise God in that kind of situation? How can you possibly praise God when things are not going the way you would like them to go? You have to ask yourself, okay, Lord, what, what can I learn from this? What are you trying to teach me here? That takes maturity. Lord, what are you trying to teach me here? How am I supposed to respond to this? Chuck Swindoll says, 80% of life is how you respond to whatever happens to you. Something you had planned on doing didn't work out. Do you let it ruin you? I knew a lady, a really nice lady, attractive lady, that was at the altar. This is a lady from Rockford, and uh, this is probably about 80, 90 years ago, because she passed away now. But she was at the altar, and the guy never showed up. He just abandoned her. The guy she was going to marry never showed up for the wedding. And it was, I mean, embarrassing. She probably had 100, 200 people there, and the person never showed up. She never dated again. She never married again. It, it devastated her. She was a really nice lady. She'd have been, a, as, as her relative said, she'd have been a real catch for somebody. But it was that, that hurt her so much that she couldn't go on with, as far as a relationship with the guy. So sometimes life is really difficult. We need to ask ourselves the question, Lord, what am I supposed to learn from this situation right now? God, will, God can give you wisdom if you're willing to listen. Don't run from God, run to God. Uh, number three, get the spoken word of God's word. God's word is, so, is, is full of wisdom. Proverbs. You ever read Proverbs? You know there are 31 Proverbs. In some months we have... Frank Beach taught me this. You know, and there's 150 Psalms, and there's 31 Proverbs. He said, if you read five Psalms a day and one proverb a day, that's a lot of wisdom. To, to, he would do that. He would do that every year. He'd read five Psalms, except for Psalm 119, is a really long song, 156 verse, 176 verses. He would read five Psalms a day and one proverb a day. And you're getting a lot of collective wisdom from God by doing that. It's... A, it's repetitive. There's a lot of rep repetition in the, in the Proverbs. But it's, you learn about the good, bad people and good people and how to live your life. Okay? All right. Then the next thing is this. The fourth one is, is um, counselor's wisdom. Have you ever asked for counsel? There's a time to ask for counsel. There's a time to go to somebody and say, you know what, I need to have your help. Why is going to counsel, maybe not a paying a counselor, but why is counsel so good? You know, Mike, you went through counseling and got married. Okay? Why, what's the benefit of counseling, would you say? It helps you see the forest for the trees. It helps you break things down and, and take things apart and like, figure out um, yeah. why certain things are right. It yeah. helps you like, break down to rebuild. So sometimes you're too close to really see it clearly. Yeah, so that person can see the big picture and you're seeing the micro picture. And they can say, well, this is what's going to happen, or this is what could happen. And so they help you to understand you know, how to deal with 
you know, the crisis you might be going through. Or a, a marriage is a, crisis, a good crisis, but it's a crisis because it's a major